Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. There's a rich, powerful, sweet presence of the Lord here tonight. Let's not discount what the Spirit of God can just step in and complete because I feel his presence moving and stirring in our heart here this evening. We're so honored to have Sister Sarah Mock with us. I'm going to ask her to make her way to the platform. You've heard me say this before, but as a pastor, sometimes I feel a little bit condemned, if that's the right word, to have a missionary come and be with us that we're already supporting because they could be in another church and sharing their burden and their mission there and and uh, having someone else to pray for them and to support them financially. But I certainly knew that the moment Sister Mock was back in the U.S., my wife and I both, we knew that we wanted her to come and be with us. And so we're thankful that God has afforded time and opportunity. We appreciate her very much and thank her and, and um, appreciate the sacrifices that people make to propagate the gospel around the world. And I'm, I'm going to say it one more time, not to just try to drive it in the ground for the sake of driving into the ground, but for driving in our hearts. I'm very thankful that people said yes at the right time. Amen. I'm thankful for heroes of the faith. Would you make Sister Sarah Mock welcome to our pulpit tonight? God bless you. Thank you so much. Praise the Lord, church. It is such an honor to be with you all again, um, see all your beautiful faces. Um, I just came back from Austria about a week on the 15th, so a little over a week ago, and um, it's very different. <laughs> you can't see people's faces. You only see their eyes. So it's a great treat to be with you all today, tonight. And I want to give honor to your pastor and your pastor's wife for allowing me to be with you all. I love coming over here and staying here. It's such a peaceful place with just wonderful people. And so it means a lot for you all to have me. Thank you. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Mark chapter 16, 16 through 20. I, um, I received my associate missionary appointment last month, and so I am now deputizing in the, Mar in the month of March and April. And um, I am passing through, and I asked your pastor if I could use the evangelist quarters. And he said, well, since you're here on a Wednesday, you can preach for us. <laughs> I said, okay, yes, sir. And as, be, as I began to, to pray for this service, Lord, what do you want me to speak? What do you want me to, to say? He began to speak with me, and he said that there have been not one, but multiple people in this church that have been praying, Lord, increase my faith. 
God, show me that you can do the miraculous, Lord. You can do the miraculous here in a small town. God, increase my faith. And so that's what we're going to talk about this evening. The Lord has done incredible things overseas. Uh, I do campus ministry overseas in Germany, Switzerland, Austria, and Liechtenstein. And I know that he can do incredible things here tonight as well. Amen. Uh, I do have to make mention, because I am fundraising, I have a table out front, I have Austrian jams, I have masks, I have postcards, all that good stuff out there. If you feel um, led to contribute, you can do that as well, um, but there are also prayer cards out there, and I would love it if everyone would take one and continue to pray for us overseas. So let's go ahead and read the Word of God, Mark 16, 17, I'm sorry, let's go to 15. Start at 15, we'll read to 20. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs shall be with those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons and they will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents and if they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere and the Lord working with them and confirming this, the word through the accompanying of signs. Amen. You can be seated. If you are here and you need a healing tonight, the Lord can heal you. If you have a family member that needs a healing, if it's physical, if it's uh, mental, the Lord can do it. If you are needing the Holy Ghost tonight, God can absolutely fill you with the Holy Ghost. Sometimes we pray for things and we expect them to be done in a couple weeks, maybe in a couple months, after COVID, <laughs> things like that. But God can work in an instant and God can work through you for somebody else. Jeremiah 32 and 27 says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Then we can go to Matthew 19, 26, and it says, Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Do you know why God gives us hardships? You know, we, we go through storms and we're like, God, this is not necessary. <laughs> Lord, why, why is this family member sick? God, why am I struggling with this sickness? Or why am I struggling financially, Lord Jesus? What is going on? We can turn to John 9 and we can turn to John 11. We need to understand what is the purpose behind these things. Signs, miracles, and wonders. They aren't something by chance, but they are by purpose. John 9, chapter 9, 1 through 3 says, As he went along, he saw a blind man from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned that this man or his parents would be born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. Uh, I have been in church 11 years, and I have served seven of those years in the German-speaking nations. And I am the only apostolic in my family, for now, <laughs> for now. And um, I have been praying for my parents, God, please bring them to church, Lord. Is there something I can invite them to, Lord, compel them to come? Um, I also have a brother, Lord, please move on him. And um, for years, I've been praying this. 
2019, I noticed that um, I, I started to get breakouts. And as a girl, you just don't like breakouts. They're horrible. <laughs> and so I was like, what is going on? And I went to my doctor and uh, we, they ran a bunch of tests because there were some other things. And he said, Sarah, you have a tumor. You have a tumor in your stomach. And that's what's causing all of these random issues. Um, and I said, what in the world? And he's like, well, it's not just that, but you also have something called Hashimoto's, where uh, it's an autoimmune disease that messes up your thyroid. It messes up a lot of other things in your body. So I have these two things in one day, and I'm like, I don't know what to do. I'm overseas. I'm in Austria. I don't really want to get surgery overseas, but I don't have insurance here. And so I was like, Lord, you knew this was going to happen. You knew I was going to get sick. And so I said, Lord, please just use this for your glory. And in my mind, after telling my parents, you know, I have these two problems, this is what's going on, I was like, Lord, I'm going to be prayed for, and you're going to instantly heal me, and I'm not going to have a tumor anymore, and it's going to be awesome, and my parents are going to believe, and they're going to get the Holy Ghost. That's what's going through my mind. And our plans normally aren't what God's ours, because <laughs> they wouldn't speak the same way that we think they would speak to that individual. So... I ended up having to get surgery, and uh, my mom came to take care of me before and after the surgery, and she came to church with me. She came to church every Sunday and every Wednesday that she was there, and she was able to see that the pastor that I worked for and his wife loved on me, and they cared about me, and they were normal people who just loved God. And they could see how the saints worshipped and how they truly were Christians. And so that ministered to my mom. But I got the surgery. I recovered. It was great. And I went back for my checkup. And um, they ran, you know, the, the checkup, your blood tests and all that stuff. And the doctor said, Sarah, that's awesome. You healed up well from your surgery. But on top of that, you don't have Hashimoto's anymore. Wow. Yes, amen. <laughs> So God did heal me. I was like, oh, I'll just live with it. I'll be fine. No big deal. And the Lord's like, no, I can take care of that as well. Because I mean, nothing is too much for God. Sometimes we approach God like, Lord, I don't mean to bother you, but I need da 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 And God's like, I care about you. I'll give you whatever you need. You just ask. John 11, 1 through 4 says, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters went to him saying, Lord, behold, he who you love is sick. Then Jesus heard that and he said, This sickness is not unto death, but the glory of God, that the Son of Man may be glorified through it. Your situation that you're struggling with right now, or you're seeing another individual struggle with right now, the Lord wants to work his miracle power through that. Before COVID hit, um, there were some apostolic students uh, who wanted to plant a, a campus ministry in Switzerland. And they wanted to go and plant this campus ministry because the nearest apostolic church was a little over an hour away. And I believe before you start Bible studies, before you try to witness to people, I think it's really important to get together with your church and to prayer walk 
to claim back that territory that the enemy thinks he has. <laughs> and so we began prayer walking this, um, this area, this campus, and it was hilly. It was on a hill, and we had to walk up and down hills. We were walking up and down um, stairs, every level of the campus. We were wanting to just pray for, and, and we were, it was hot, and it was... <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus, give the increase. And so, so after, it was a hard workout. And so, of course, after you work out, you have to do the reasonable thing and go eat, right? Yes. So we went to the student cafeteria, and we were eating. And um, I noticed that there was, like, this girl across the way that kept staring at us, and she was just eagle-eyeing us, just staring us down. And I was like, oh, Lord Jesus, I don't know what this is, but help us, Jesus. And she came over to us, and she was like, hey, I noticed that you were walking around campus mumbling to yourselves, what were you doing? (laughs) It's like, great. (laughs) Uh, I told her, I was like, no, we weren't mumbling to ourselves. We were praying. We were praying for the students, for the uh, professors for the faculty here and, and we're starting a Bible study here and her eyes started to well up with tears and she said she's like when I was 15 years old I was diagnosed with cancer and last week I went to my doctor and he told me that it's back but I know that if you pray for me God can heal me it's like thank you Jesus it took a lot of faith for her to come over to us And so we said, yes, we'll pray for you. We'll pray for you right here. And so we began to pray for her. And she said that she could just feel God upon her body because God still heals. It doesn't have to be in a church. It can be in a university. God wants to show his power and his glory. Hallelujah. God can do it because God hears us and he sees us. We had a, um, a young lady who was starting a Bible study campus ministry in Austria. And this um, Bible study was the only apostolic church in this city for miles, for hours away. And so she was doing a great, awesome job. And um, she, her first convert was uh, a young lady who she met walking on the side of the street. Uh, She said that this young lady had a hamper full of laundry. She was going to the laundromat to wash her laundry. And the Lord spoke to this young lady and told her, you need to invite her to your Bible study. Every excuse went through her mind. No, she's busy. She doesn't want this. You know, she can see the flyers in the student lounge, you know, things like that. God, you lead her. (laughs) And the Lord kept pressing, no, you need to invite her to church. And so she went up to her and she said, hey, um, I'm doing a Bible study here on campus. If you would like to come, we have worship, we study the word of God, and we have fellowship and free food. Do you want to come? And she said, yes, I want to come. I've been praying. I've been praying for a church to go to. Hallelujah. And God, at the right moment, they crossed paths. And so this young lady started going to her Bible study where she was filled with the Holy Ghost in the auditorium. Thank you, Jesus. And she was baptized in Jesus' name in our home church in Vienna. Hallelujah. God hears your prayers, and he wants to answer those prayers. 1 John 5, verse, um, I'm sorry, 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. And it says, And this is the confidence that we have towards him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. I know some of you have been praying for a Lamborghini for a long time. 
I'm not sure that's the will of God. <laughs> but God does hear us where he can show they're miraculous. And it, sometimes it is financial blessings. You know, you need something from the Lord. I don't know how to pay for my transmission. Those things are expensive, I found out. But the Lord provides. He does provide. But we have to ask, Lord, please, I need your help. Lord, I need you to heal my mother. Lord, I need you to save my sister. God can do it. He hears us. I used to live in Berlin, Germany, not too long ago. And if you don't know, Berlin is actually known as the atheist capital of Europe. After the fall of the wall, they just have stuck to that spirit and they don't want to get out of it. And so um, it has been quite it was quite the experience there. And when I was first sent there, the general superintendent of the GSN told me, Sarah, I want you to do campus ministry in Berlin like you did in North America. I used to do campus ministry here in Florida. And I was like, oh, goodness, we don't have an apostolic student here. I'm not a student. It's the atheist capital of Europe. I, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to begin. And so I started to pray, Lord, open a door. Open a door. Lead us, Lord Jesus. Help us, Lord Jesus. And I was praying for months. And finally, the Lord woke me up at 4 a.m. and told me to go to another university that was a couple hours away. And I don't know about you, but I'm not spiritual at 4 a.m. <laughs> I'm not. I said, Lord, you know, if you just want me to prayer walk this campus, uh, just give me a few hours of more sleep so that I have energy to walk. And, and, and I'll, I'll promise I'll go. Just get me more sleep. And the Lord said, no, you need to go right now. You need to get up and go. And so I submitted and I said, okay. And so I went and I began prayer walking this university. And as I turned the corner, I saw these two American girls giving a Bible study to a couple German students. And I waited till they were finished, and I went over to them, and I said, hey, I think that's really awesome that you guys are doing Bible studies. How would you get this going? Can you give me some tips? You know, what, what's going on? And they said that they don't do campus ministry, but what they do is they go to university campuses all over the world, and they just plant seeds. And they hope that one day somebody will come back and water those seeds that they've planted. And so I told them, I was like, yes, I'm here. <laughs> I'm ready. And so they gave me their contacts that they made, and all of those contacts led us back to Berlin where students were hungry, and we were having campus Bible studies on three of the four university campuses there. Praise God. Yes. Yes. Amen. Because God hears us. We had students from Egypt and Iran and, and Germany, obviously, and Congo, America, Colombia, Greece, and I could keep going. And it's just, it's incredible how we're able to reach this world through our campuses. One of our students that was attending that Bible study, he was a student from Iran. And in Iran, it's, it's Muslim. You can't convert if you're already Muslim. And um, when he came over, he started attending our Bible study, and he became very faithful, and he had never owned a Bible before, and so our group got together, and we bought him a Bible in Farsi, and we gave it to him, and he's like, oh, thank you so much. I've never had a Bible before. This is amazing. I appreciate it, and um, I woke up to a text later the next day, and um, he said that he read the in almost the entire Bible in one night. He didn't go to sleep. And he was telling me, he's like, Sarah, this I cannot bring back 
to uh, Iran. If I was to bring this back to Iran, I was to get caught, I would lose my citizenship. There is something that's powerful about the word of God where other countries say, no, you can't read that book. It's forbidden. There is power in the word of God and we should not take that for granted. And so he began to read the word of God and, and he began to study the word of God and attending Bible studies and attending church. And he's like, Jesus is God. He is God. He's not a prophet, but he's God. And it's just, it's incredible to see the work of God because it's not by human hands, but it's by the Lord's. Amen. I will share this um, story with you about stepping out in faith. I'm not sure if I've already shared it with you all last time I was here. But um, back in 2015, we were having a refugee crisis. In Syria, all of the um, citizens from Syria were coming into Austria, and we took a lot of them. And in Germany, Germany took a lot of them. And so the border control started getting very strict and very tight and very questiony, I guess you could say. And so everything had to be a T at uh, the border crossing. And so I was going to visit my friend Allison Mitchell. She is from Titusville, Florida. Some of you might know her. I was going to England to visit her, and we were going to do um, some missionary work there together. And as I'm going through border control, I, I give them my passport, I give them my paperwork, all that stuff, and they start flipping through it, and I'm ready to go see England with Allison. I, I'm ready to go see her church. It's going to be great. And all of a sudden, the lady looks at me, and she's like, Sarah, something is not right here with your um, your passport. And I said, what do you mean? What's What's wrong with it? She's like, I can't tell you right now, but I need to take you back and I need to question you. I was like, okay. Like, I, I haven't even got a speeding ticket at this point in my life. So, <laughs> so confess your sins to one another. <laughs> and so I was like, Lord, what is going on? Like, I'll, I'll be fine, but this is really scary. I'm by myself. I'm, I think I was 21 years old. And I said, Lord, what, help me, Jesus. And so she takes me back and she questions me for seven hours. She questions me for seven hours. She would come in, she would ask me a bunch of questions, and she would leave for a few hours, and she would come back, and she's like, but why are you running away from home? I said, I'm not running away from home. They would ask me, are your parents married or divorced? I was like, they're happily married. And she would go on and on and on about accusations after accusation. I'm like, none of this makes sense. Where are you getting this from? And so... She's like, well, ma'am, you're not going to be going into England. Um, we're going to detain you, and tomorrow we're going to send you back to Switzerland. I was living in Switzerland at the time. And I said, but I haven't done anything wrong. And so they take me, and they put me in a holding cell with other five other refugee men. And I was the only woman in there, and I was terrified. My pastor was calling headquarters. Headquarters was trying to get a hold of the embassy. Why is she in there? She's with men. This is, this is not right. And I just remember praying. I was like, Lord, whatever I need to do to get out, please tell me. Tell me what I need to do, Lord, because I don't know what to do. And the Lord spoke to me, and he says, go ask for your Bible. And I was like, Lord, this is not the time to be spiritual. <laughs> Don't you see, I'm stuck. <laughs> but of course, Paul and Silas, sometimes you got to be spiritual in your prison. Amen. And so I, I knocked on the door. I said, hey, is it okay if I have my Bible? Because you can't have any of your belongings. You can't have your phone. You can't have extra clothes. None of that. And so the guy kind of looked at me. He's like, I guess so. And so he picks up my Bible. He, he, he looks through it, makes sure there's nothing bad in it. And then he gives it to me. And as I'm turning... 
um, back into uh, the cell, he asked me a question. He's like, hey, so you have a Bible, so does that mean you're a Christian? And I turned back to him and said, yes, that's right. And he's like, do you mind if I just ask you a few questions? And I said, sure, you can ask me anything if it keeps me out of here. <laughs> and so um, he began asking me questions, and I didn't know this, but uh, my supervising missionary was doing a missionary service in uh, North Dakota, and he was doing a youth missionary service. And he found out that I was stuck in um, the UK, I was stuck in England, and he was asking the young people to pray for me. And there was in tongues and interpretation, and it went like this. What the enemy was going to use for evil, I'm going to use for good. And she's going to be just fine. And so I didn't know this. And so I began asking this man's, answering this man's questions. He would ask things like, why did Jesus die for me? Or why is there evil in the world? Or what do I have to do to go to heaven? What, do, what does this mean to be a Christian? And so we went through everything, and, and there was two other guard, lady guards that were sitting in uh, this room where I was doing a Bible study with this man, and one of the ladies, she turns to me, and she's like, Sarah, I know you've been treated unfairly. I know that you're terrified, but if you weren't here, we wouldn't have known any of this. And sometimes it's in those inconvenient moments that God needs us to step out in faith. He needs us to tell people who God is. And his love and that he can heal and that he can save and that he can change people's lives. And so, of course, the story is not over. <laughs> I, was, I was sent back to Switzerland and then I was deported from Switzerland back to the United States. And they claimed that I had the wrong visa to enter into Switzerland. And so they accused me of having the wrong visa of being into uh, Switzerland. What did I do? England, I had the wrong visa, and Switzerland, I had the wrong visa, supposedly. So they sent me back to the United States where um, I began fundraising again. I said, Lord, it's okay. It was just a bump in the road. Everything's going to be fine. And I began fundraising, and I ended up getting my funds fairly quickly. And so I started buying the plane ticket, finding an apartment, and I got a letter in the mail from the Swiss government saying that because my visa was incorrect, they can't trust me anymore, and I am not allowed into any Schengen country. And what Schengen is, it's pretty much the continent of Europe. There's open borders. You can go to one country to another um, without a border check is what Schengen means. And so that meant I can't go anywhere in the German-speaking nations. There's no way of me to fulfill the calling that God put on my life. I didn't understand. And so I started praying. I was like, Lord, please help me. Help me with this. I don't know what to do with this. And the Lord spoke to me, and he told me to call them and explain the situation. So I called them, and I told them, I was like, I just received this letter in the mail. And before I could even explain to them what was going on, she's like, what's the number, your, your profile number? And I told her, and she looked it up, and she's like, oh, Sarah Mock, don't worry about this. The judge overturned it two weeks ago. You're fine. You can go back. <laughs> yes, amen. Hallelujah. God can work on the hearts of men. If you need favor, the Lord can do it. He can really touch people. Kings, he's the king of kings and lord of lords. He can do it because he has the power and authority. So in Vienna, I was, um, I, I take German classes. 
right now, uh, I take them at 3 a.m. in the morning, Monday through Friday, <laughs> because it's great to know the language. It's, it, it opens up doors for you to speak to people when they're in your native, when you speak in their native tongue. And so I was taking a German class about right before COVID. And um, they were doing a special class where you walk around the city and you learn about architecture in German. And it was as boring as what it sounds. <laughs> but I went and um, I remember being there and I was like, okay, this is going to be great. And um, the teacher that was leading it uh, asked all of us to introduce ourselves. And so I said, I'm Sarah. Uh, I'm a student at the University of Vienna and I work for a church here and I love it. And that was it. That's all I said. And so as we're walking and we're doing this tour, uh, a young man comes up to me. He's like, hey, I'm really sorry. I don't mean to bother you, but I feel like God has been talking to me. The Lord has been, or God has been putting these people in my path that are Christians. And, and I, I'm, an, I'm an agnostic, and I don't really know about the Bible. And so I told him, I was like, we can, we can do Bible studies. I have a Bible study right now at the University of Vienna. You can join us. And so we started going through search for truth and home Bible studies. And um, today, he believes. He believes God is Jesus. Hallelujah. And God is working in his life. I remember when I first had Bible study with him, he was angry. I mean, of course, if you have no hope, you might be a little angry. <laughs> and so he was just bitter. And he's like, but why would someone care to love me that much that he would die for me? I was like, that's, that's what love is. And so he, he just started to, you can just see the, the change in him and his spirit. Because when you receive the Holy Ghost, I mean, there's nothing better, amen. You just want to go tell somebody. In Austria, um, we have been going back and forth with lockdowns and in quarantine. Uh, I actually just was talking to uh, the missionary that I work for in Vienna, Sister Pace, and we were talking about um, they're about to redo a harder lockdown. So you can't go out of your house. Um, you can't go shopping. You can go to the grocery store, and you can go to the bank, and you can go to the post office, but everything else is shut. And this is going to be the fourth one. And they're going to do it at the beginning of April. And I said, oh, my goodness. Oh, geez. So it's just back and forth. And so I am very, very grateful to be here. <laughs> right now. It's like a breath of fresh air. <laughs> and so anyway, um, between lockdowns, we really thought that, you know, we're just, we're going to try our best. We're going to have online services. And when the doors open us, open up for us to have service, we're going to do that. And, um, I, I wasn't really expecting much. I mean, in my carnality, um, we were having zoom Bible studies, every week with students around the GSM, which was great. It was wonderful to keep that contact, but it's just very different when you can't actually be in the same room together. And so we were doing these Bible studies and we were ministering and it was great um, to have other missionaries and ministers in the GSN witness to these students. It was really, that was a really positive part. And I didn't expect this, but students would randomly volunteer says, well, I wanna get baptized. When, you, when the doors open back to that church, I want to get baptized, okay? And so I said, yeah, absolutely you can. We had one lady who, um, before 
um, the third lockdown, uh, we were able to go into classes and she sat down next to me and we were only in classes two weeks before we had to go back in <laughs> quarantine. And, um, and she sat down next to me and I could just feel her spirit. I could just feel pain. I just wanted to cry. Like there was just so much that was going on. And I said, Lord, I know you can help her. Jesus, give me that open door to minister to her. And so we started talking. We started doing homework together for those two weeks. And um, she was just swearing like a sailor every time in German and in English. (laughs) And so I was like, okay, Lord, I know you can help her. I know you can help her. And so... um, I just randomly was like, this is the moment. We're about to go back into quarantine. We have one last service. Lord, move on her. And so I asked her, I said, hey, do you want to go to church with me? And she's like, yes, I've been wanting to go to church. Yes, I want to go to church. And so she came to church with us, and she loved it. And she started to join in on our church's Zoom Bible studies and our online services. And she just one day after one of our prayer meetings on Zoom, she said, Pastor Pace, I want to get baptized. And hallelujah, in a couple of weeks, the the quarantine was lifted, and we were able to go back to church, and she was baptized in Jesus' name, and she was filled with the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not long-winded, and so I'm about to close. Hallelujah. (laughs) But God wants to move in your life. He doesn't just want to move overseas. He wants to move here in, in Hatchpen. Um, a lot, sometimes um, in our church, some people say, well, that can only happen. Those revivals can only happen in North America. And then here in North America, they say, well, those revivals only happen overseas. It happens. <laughs> the Lord is omnipresent. It can happen here. It can happen overseas. But we have to be willing to step out in faith and ask God for it. Matthew chapter 7, verse 11 says, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give you good things to those who ask him? Amen. God wants to move. He wants to work miracles in your life. And so I'm going to ask us to stand. And if you, if you need the Holy Ghost tonight, I would encourage you to come up to the front with social distancing. Um, if you need a miracle in your life, if it's physical, if it's financial, I would encourage you to come to the front. Or if you want to stand in someone's place that you know is sick and you want the Lord to touch them. Let's just go ahead and lift up our hands. Thank you, Jesus, Lord, for your word. Thank you. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.